You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast, where I tap into the minds of today's impact players. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show, and my guest today is Antonio Centeno. Antonio is someone who helps men in the field of of style and fashion and grooming. Um, He is somebody that helps create the 1%. The 1% is the men that command respect. They earn more money. They arouse intrigue from beautiful women. They have something that most other men don't. And Antonio educates and trains you on what those things are. Men are very lucky in the in the fact that they can do things externally to actually increase their social status, increase their perceived value um, simply by uh, making some updates in their fashion and in their style. And Antonio is extremely passionate about doing that. He is the founder of Real Men Real Style, which is a website online that has a ton of digital content. He's got a huge portfolio of digital content from articles, um, videos, podcasts, blog posts, you name it. So when you search for anything related to men's fashion or design style, uh, grooming, whether it's in Google or YouTube, you are most likely going to find some of Antonio's content on the, on that search result page. He's also the co-founder of Menfluential, which is a men's lifestyle and business conference. Um, and he has studied clothing and design in London, Hong Kong, and Bangkok, and is also a former U.S. Marine. So again, it's a great honor to have him on the program, and there's so much good content in this, and I encourage you to listen to it, and then also check out the free downloads that he has on his websites, because there is just a wealth of information that helps guys um, really present themselves better and and create and claim the value that they deserve. So with that, let's dive into a call. Here I am with Antonio Centeno. All right, I'm here with Antonio Centeno. How are you doing, Antonio? Good, Peter. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. I've You have a wealth of content online uh, that helps men dress better, be better. Um, give a, a little overview of who you are, what you're doing, and how you help men in that regard. Sure. Well, I'm the founder of Real Men, Real Style. And you know how most guys don't dress well? You've probably seen a few of them, right? Hell yeah. I, I make it simple. So I take my background in the Marine Corps. I take my science background as well. And I mix it all together. Um, I also have an MBA from Texas. So I get the whole business and I try to mix it all together to make it practical for every guy to be able to dress better because it's not about the clothing. In fact, I really don't care about clothing. What I care about is the man, the individual. I want it to make it easy for guys to be able to dress in a manner that opportunity approaches them that they're able to make more money. They're able to just get more out of life by simply leveraging, you know, the way that they look. And the best example I can think of this is imagine if a, you're in, you're in a conference, somebody runs in and they're naked and they say, everyone get out. Well, if you're in California, you think that this is just some crazy guy off the street. Um, but if a guy walked in, said the same thing, but he's wearing a fireman's uniform, what do we do? We get up and we get out. Mm-hmm. We, we attribute authority, we attribute competency, and there's so much that we default to as human beings based off of how a person looks. So whether you're in business, whether you're going out on a date, whether you are just simply taking your, your daughter to her recital, or you're going to be possibly meeting her teacher for the first time, the way that we dress and present ourselves sets a tone for everything that goes forward in that first few critical seconds of a meeting. 
Absolutely. You know, it's been in my personal journey, it's something that I have gained much more appreciation for. Um, and having gone through a divorce and being single again, and just kind of re reinventing myself and, and finding, you know, taking stock of where I'm at and then looking at, well, how do I, you know, I'm looking at all areas of my life and how to improve. And the style was one that really kind of shocked me. First of all, how dumb I was in certain things, you know, I'm still wearing cargo shorts and things like that. Um, and uh, I had somebody come up to me and go, dude, it's not the nineties anymore. I lose the cargo shorts. Uh, and that sort of opened my eyes, but it really does speak to the inner well-being of the man uh, and that the style and the clothes, the presentation is just a manifestation of that. So I love that you are somebody that advises on, on style, but that you're also not looking at the style as the product. You're looking at the man behind it. Um, it's very powerful. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I think it goes back to my military roots and I always see these amazing warriors and I grew up in, in West Texas and somehow caring about style. And if that was known, you, your, your sexuality was questioned. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is like the eighties, nineties. And nowadays I, I don't feel it's hopefully not as big of an issue, but it is still for some guys. And I'm like, guys, are you kidding me? Look at your history. And yeah. you look at Roman gladiators before they would go out, you know, to possibly meet their death. They were grooming themselves. They were looking at just, okay, this is my last day. I'm going to look good, you know, before I go out. Or you look at great warriors throughout history. Why did they pay attention to their uniforms? Because it was, it sent the signal not only of their rank and where they were in that system, but also it was a deep, one thing I picked up in the Marines is that you could tell if a Marine paid attention to his uniform, his boots were shined you didn't really have to check his rifle for rust, which because it's like, if he takes care of everything else, you can rest assured that he took care of those other more important things. And that's, I think it applies to, if you're applying, like you're, you're great at IT, but you walk into a bank and you're applying for that IT job. If you don't look presentable, it doesn't matter if you're the best in IT at the world, they're thinking, I can't put this guy in front of clients or I'm gonna have to hide him in the back. Um, even though you're, you may be incredibly competent at your job. And that's where a guy shoots himself in the foot is he doesn't take into account the context in which he's got to dress and also what people expect from maybe his position. Because the opposite would be maybe a lawyer working for a construction firm. Well, everyone else around you is very, very casual wearing, you know, steel toe boots and maybe a blue collar uniform for them. But you still need to dress it up a bit because you are the lawyer working for that 400 man construction firm, protecting them from, you know, million dollar litigation and making sure that, you know, they actually, those million dollar deals that they're signing are everything's put in order. So they expect you to dress a certain way and you don't want to betray expectations. Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest mistakes that men make in regards to style? First one is they don't care. I mean, simply if, if you don't care about something, you're never going to take all the additional steps. I know it seems so big, but you've got to make this important. And that's hard when there's so many other things screaming for your attention. So the way I look at it is you got to figure out what your why is. There's a great guy, Simon Sinek talks about this and I love it in that if you understand why you're doing something and maybe it's, you know, you think about, okay, I want to earn more money, but why do you want to earn more money? I want to earn more money so that I can you know, put my, my kids through college. Why do you want to put your kids through college? Because I love them. So when you know that, hey, I'm getting dressed, I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm going to develop this uniform because if I don't, I'm not going to get to that end goal of 
being able to see my kids walk across and be the first in our family to graduate from university or something like that, then you're not going to take pride in, in your uniform. You're not going to find those first steps. So the first specific step that a guy can take is he can actually say, you know what, what do, what do I want my go-to uniform to be? And military made it easy. We always had a uniform and you get out. A lot of guys are confused in the civilian world. There is a uniform because we look at people who, again, we're making snap judgments. So what do you want people to make a snap judgment of you? And think about that uniform. And I love a uniform because it really makes it simple for men. For me, it's going to be dark colored jeans or dark colored pair of trousers with a dark colored shirt, usually with a collar. In this case, I'm not wearing my go-to uniform. I'm testing out some other clothing, but I always pretty much wear a collar. It could be a polo during the summer. It will be a button down uh, or a dress shirt during the, the fall and the winter, uh, maybe throwing a jacket on top of that with dark trousers. Now, everything I usually go with is dark. The reason being I've got four kids and I help out around the house. I, I'm the guy that does laundry. Occasionally, I'll try to wash some dishes. Don't always, my wife really handles all the cooking and dishes and most of the homeschool and stuff. Uh, but the thing is, I don't want to ever be scared to pick up my kids. With this shirt, I may be a little bit hesitant to pick up my four-year-old Katya. She always has dirty hands. And but for I, those that are just listening, you're wearing a white shirt. So. Yeah, I'm wearing a white shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing is, is I keep that uniform very simple and 90% of the time I'm defaulting to it and I don't have to think. Now it's interesting about that because I thought one time and I laid out that uniform and because I'm clear about, it, I'm always going to be wearing a collar. I'm always going to be, the clothing actually fits me, my body very well. Anytime I meet somebody, if it's going to be someone that I need to dress up, guess what? I can take that uniform, throw a, a sports jacket on it. Boom. All of a sudden leveled it up. Or if it's going to be a very casual meeting, I can just simply go as is and I'm not really out of place. I live in a small town of a thousand people in rural Wisconsin. So really not, you know, I don't need to dress up too much. But if you're in Chicago, if you're over maybe in LA, if you're in Seattle, bigger city, then in that case, you may want to have a dressier uniform, but you still can dress it down. You can dress it up depending on the need. Um, how does one find out what their go-to uniform is that's right for them and their environment? Well, think about what, you, what do you want? And what message do you want to send? It really comes down to the message. And so figuring out your personal style, I think that's kind of what we're getting to. Well, I like to look at what's your personal need, your personal wants, your professional need, what's your environmental need. And again, so getting to your professional need. Again, if you are a consultant, if you work in maybe the IT space, then there, there's, there's kind of a, a general uniform for those guys. Just look around in your area, environmental needs. So I mentioned Seattle, gets a lot of rain, gets a lot of moisture. If you're over in New York, you get all the seasons there. So in that case, you're going to have to have some pretty nice outer coats. You're going to need to have also some hot weather. I was just in New York a few weeks ago and it was hot. You know, we're talking, you know, 90s and humid. So you're going to have to have a range of different you know, go-to pieces that are going to fit for the different seasons. Then your personal wants. And this is where I think guys can have a lot of fun. And I say wants, I, I maybe said needs, but I would say more wants. Your personal is where you get to bring in 
things that you get excited about and you want to have fun with. I have one friend, he likes, he's a big fan of Star Wars. So he finds a way to bring in, you know, colors of Star Wars into like little bits. He, he's really big. He's got this leather jacket that uh, one of the recent Star Wars, uh, one of those characters was wearing. He's a huge fan of this jacket. Now, unless you're a Star Wars fan, you won't recognize the leather jacket, but it looks great on him. It's a casual piece that he can actually dress down some of his office uh, clothing. I've got another guy that he's really big. He's, he's, in the, he's, a, he's a lawyer, but he really likes a little bit of intimidating pieces. So he's got cufflinks and he's got jewelry that has uh, skulls on them. And it's something that he can wear into a meeting and he just puts his you know, fingers out there and you've got this ring with a skull on it and he just loves it and, or cufflinks. And it's a small thing that he's able to bring. And I knew another guy, same with Game of Thrones. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're, you're an NFL fan. And you want to take a jacket, but your inside lining, your sports jacket, is going to be the colors of the L.A. or, or are they are they L.A. Rams? I don't know, Kyle. They, ever since they St. Louis, ever since yeah. they left St. Louis, where I'm from, it's like ah, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, it's like in Oakland any case, now. you know, hey, you know, Kurt Warner was the man. Uh, I, Kurt, you know, whenever they were in. Uh, what was it? Uh, St. Louis won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, he's a local hero, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I went to school in Iowa and it was just so cool following his story. But you look at a guy like Kurt Warner or, you know, you look at actually Drew Brees is the one I took the, he had a jacket made and it had his jersey on the inside of that custom jacket. And it was Drew Brees. He took it like an old jersey and Uh, had it built into the jacket. So I love it when a guy can, yeah, you know, you may have to wear a suit, but you don't need to be a suit and you can bring in your own personal fun and style to this. You may need to dress down because you, let's say that on, you know, your day job is you work in, in with sewers or you're, you're in sanitation. Yeah. You may need, you've got a uniform, but whenever you're out of that uniform, there's nothing that says you can't enjoy a really nice watch, a watch, a legacy piece that you want to bring in, be able to pass on to your son. Cause yeah, you own a plumbing company, you get your hands dirty, you don't get to dress up, but when you do get to dress up, you, you, you do appreciate quality pieces and uh and there's so much fun so many different things that you could bring into your classic wardrobe um you mentioned a little bit earlier that you're wearing you're not wearing your typical uh go-to uniform and that you're testing this out what are you actually testing and how are you measuring that sure uh, so i do a lot of, i have a lot of companies that work with me as advertisers so i will go get their clothing and I wear it all before I talk about it on my website. I've probably worked, uh, I, I partly own another company called Menfluential Media and I've got a couple partners on that and we work with about 200 brands. So we're constantly having products sent to us and this shirt, I'm simply wearing it. It's made by Ministry of Supply. I've worked with them in the past as a sponsor. The material here was some of the same uh, temperature controlled material that was used uh, in the lining of space the spacesuits for the astronauts. Hmm. And I, I just love a company that takes such innovative fabrics and they apply it to everyday menswear. So you can wear something that fits good, uh, looks well, looks great, and actually is going to help maintain whether you're, whether you're out and it's 95 degrees or it's 70 degrees, uh, it's going to be a good temperature for you, this polo. And it actually does a great job of retarding odor and minimizing uh, Saint stains setting, which again, a very important things for me as a dad. Yeah, for sure. It's unavoidable. Um, oh, that's so fascinating. What, uh, what have been some of your influences uh, and or where do you get sort of design cues from and style cues? I'm, I'm a big fan of history. 
And so I try to look at what's worked for a man 20 years ago and still works today because I love it when a guy can buy something and he know it's not, he's not, it's not going to go out of fashion. It's not going to go out of stock because it's timeless fashion. Mm-hmm. In fact, the word fashion, a lot of guys are scared of because I get it. Whimsical winds of fashion, this, that stuff moves all over the place. But if you know classic style and you know that, okay, I'm going to spend a lot of money, 500, $1,000, maybe even more on a custom or a great looking dark colored suit. Just did this actually for my brother's wedding. I was in charge of all, I was the best man and I was in charge of all the groomsmen. And most of these guys, all of them did not really care about style. And one of the guys, I remember he was a, he's a foreman. Uh, he, he's a, you know, he, he's a um, carpenter by trade and he, he, he had this suit on him. And uh, I was like, man, cause he's a tall, thin guy. This suit looked good on him. And I'm just, and the sad part is that he actually rented the suit. And I was like saying, you should have bought this thing because, you know, you could have paid just a little bit more money. And he was like, yeah, you know, thinking about it, he's got a couple more weddings he could have worn this suit to. And even though he doesn't wear a suit again and again, it was something that, uh, you know, he, it fit him perfectly. The fabric was good quality and it was the right function. Like it was the right event to wear a suit to. Man, it, it was, it looked good on him. And, and it was just so cool to see, a guy like that being able to uh, to wear that suit and look good. You mentioned a little bit earlier the the warrior out uh, the uniform. Um, do you do any like archetypal work? Help guys have a particular look that they're maybe interested in, or maybe one that fits their personality type. You know, I try to put a lot of information out there so they can figure it out themselves. We do have courses uh, that they could go through. So if they go to my website, one of them is rebrand you. And this is where, you know, if you find that you have kind of reached a point where you started a business and all of a sudden you're having to give presentations, you're getting up on stage and you want to rebrand yourself, then, you know, that's really where I like to work with guys. You know, let's say you start a law company, you've got a startup and all of a sudden you find you're a leader in your industry a couple years later, business is doing well and you want to rebrand who you are, then that's definitely a course that we've got. Other times, you know, if they just go through my website, we've got, you know, like tons of free books, free eBooks that they can download and just simply study and learn the stuff. But I find that my videos on YouTube, which have reached almost like 200 million people, uh, that is probably some of the best content that you can grab. And it's all free. Yeah. You, I, I was browsing your stuff. There is so much free content on there and you've done a phenomenal job of marketing it and, you know, uh, creating the the needs that guys are looking for. And I want to get into that in just a minute, like the whole business side of things, but I want to stay on the style stuff for just a, a little bit more. Um, I One of the things actually that I did see on the page was dressing for your body type. Explain yep. what that means and how guys can think about going about that. So the way to think about this is that you don't want to dress in a way that makes your body type look exaggerated. So let's say that you are a larger guy. You're a little bit heavy around the midsection. And if you wear a light colored top, let's say you're wearing a white shirt with dark trousers, where do you think that the eye is drawn to? When you've got white with black, where, where are we drawn to? Right to the midsection. Right to the midsection. And so you don't want to wear that combination. It's not that you can't wear that clothing. You can, there's no law against this, but it just makes you, it draws all of our attention to the midsection. We don't want that. What we want are our eyes. You want people's eyes to look at your eyes. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything and you're not going to lose, you know, weight on this particular day. I don't know what your long-term goals are. Hopefully you're taking care of your body because you want to live long. You want to have a great looking body. But the, the point is you can dress today for the body you have. 
And I try to show through each of the body types and the challenges they face, how they can adjust and wear certain pieces of clothing, wear it to fit a certain way that it's going to enhance your natural features. So for this guy, what he could do is even though it's pretty warm, he could wear a very lightweight, un, maybe an un, um, unstructured jacket that's incredibly light, but it actually builds up the shoulder points a bit. Also, this jacket is going to be a darker color, similar to his darker colored jeans. And what we create is a monochromatic look. We allow the eyes to go up and down. And instead of us stopping and focusing on his midsection, we focus in up on the face and we focus in maybe on the shoes. He could also go with maybe boots, which are going to maybe add one to two inches to his height. And all of a sudden, this guy's dressed a bit more for his body type. And he's coming off as looking a bit leaner, more masculine. And we really haven't done anything, but just shoot, you know, we used a few different pieces of clothing here. Yeah. And I think in that regard, you're also emphasizing the positive side of the size, because yeah. that can be very powerful and very, um, you know, there's a presence to that. Yeah, you do want to come off as fat and sloppy or large and in charge. I would yeah. much rather be this guy over here. Because when you think of someone like, uh, I was a car, I'm a big Marvel fan. So when you think of someone like the Kingpin, uh, classic Marvel bad guy. And I mean, he, this dude is just huge, but he always has his act together. I mean, he's just, he, you know, big guys do have an advantage. When they walk in and they're dressed well, they have power and there's a presence to them. And that's much better than coming in and just looking like, you know, I, I don't know, not to, not to, you know, put down any Bubba's out there, but Bubba out of the Dukes of Hazard, wearing, you know, you know, it's just like, it's like, you know, it, it's just, yeah, that's not the look I'm going for with my guys. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much that frame changes uh, this is the kind of stuff that kind of blew my mind when I got into better understanding style and, and a little bit, and I'm not, you know, uh, it's so helpful to talk to someone like yourself because this stuff is so interesting to me, how that little bit of a reframe uh, changes not only the presentation, obviously it, it affects one's inner confidence. It affects their, their, uh, the story that they're telling themselves and how much that looking through life through that paradigm the words that come out, the actions that are taken, the movements that are taken changes the entire reality for somebody. And I, I don't want to put too much uh, emphasis on the clothes, but man, it does have a huge impact on one's experience. And therefore, yeah, there's, a whole, there's a whole body of science called enclosed cognition. And they did all this research over at, I think it was Northwestern University, the Kellogg School of Management. There was a big write-up about seven years ago, I think in a 2012 article in the New York Times. And they talked about, the effect of wearing a doctor's jacket or a painter's smock. And they, they, so they had a control group, thousand people and 500 wore what they were told were doctor jackets, white jackets. It was the same jacket, but given to another 500 people, they were told it was a painter's smock. They took an exam and they mm -hmm. said, okay, then they, man, they look at the results. The people that were wearing the doctor's jackets stati scored statistically significantly higher on, I mean, across the board. Why? Because when they were wearing this doctor's jacket, they performed, they were more careful about their answers. They thought more. So think about how that can have an effect on you, you know, in, any, in tons of situations out there. When you're going to give a presentation, you dress the part. When you want to have a party at your house, if, if we have a costume party, it's a different type of party. When people dress, they become that character. Whenever kids, you know, I don't, I, I've got a son and, you know, he's got, he's got lucky, he's got a lucky hat. 
You know, they, and if he's going to go out there for that baseball game, if he doesn't have that hat, he doesn't feel as lucky. And they have clearly shown that he will not perform as well. Uh, you know, and so again, you see this across the board. And I just like it when a guy can use this to his advantage. Uh, so do I. That's fascinating to me. In fact, uh, the other kind of cool thing, because I know some guys are probably going to be listening to this going, well, that sounds great to have, you know, your jersey lined on the inside of your jacket, but I don't have thousands of dollars. Um, what advice do you have for people who are trying to do style on a budget? Sure. Well, first off, start to wear clothing that fits you. I mean, most guys, when you look at them, they're wearing clothing that looks like it was owned by their older brother. Um, you know, it's, it's just too big on them. Um, and that's because most of the clothing off the rack is made to fit, if you can imagine, a hundred different men. So you want to find brands and you would, I would prefer you find clothing that fits you well right off the rack. Whether you're tall and thin, whether you're big and, you know, big in the midsection, you want to go out there and find the brands and the type of clothing that's going to fit you. Now, what do you do with the clothing you currently have? Well, identify the pieces that you really like, that when you put this on, you feel good and get it to fit your body a bit better. Or if it already fits you, would then have your other clothing adjusted. And ideally, you start to put away, in, maybe in the back of your closet, put them in a box, put a date on it. And if you don't open it for a year, donate it to a charity. But get rid of those things that you really don't like and start to wear more of the clothing you really do like, the colors you really like. Maybe you've, you've got a few shirts that you really, you love the way you look at them. Well, wear them into the ground and then be looking for other pieces that are similar. And step by step, you start to build a wardrobe of clothing that you look at everything, you're like, I love it. I mean, I've been fortunate enough, you know, because of the industry I'm in, what I do. Now, when I look at clothing, I'm like, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. I like, oh, I mean, it's everything I love mm -hmm. that I put on my body. And when you can start to get a wardrobe like that, then all of a sudden you just feel confident. You feel better every day you walk out your house. Absolutely. I, I forget what book it's from. I should be crediting this uh, appropriately, but uh, who was it that said that, you know, go into your closet and if it's not a hell yes, get rid of it. Because there's so much stuff that people wear that are, yeah, I kind of like this shirt or whatever, but then there's their like select key, you know, shirts or whatever that they know they always get compliments on that they just feel a little bit better in that fit a little bit better that allow them to move around without feeling, you know, self-conscious about their their love handles or, you know, whatnot. Um, if, if everything like you're saying is like that in their closet, how much of an impact would that have on their, on their own inner confidence, et cetera. Um, I wanted to share another quick little story. I was in line one time at a coffee shop and as I was a couple of years ago when I was learning more about style one-on-one, this guy in front of me looked really sharp. And so I, I said, Hey man, you know, you <laughs> pardon the uh, compliment, but you're looking good, man. And he's like, thanks. I said, where did you, you know, how did you come up with that style? And he said uh, that, I think he said it was in like even an old Navy catalog or something. It, it was not, um, he didn't spend thousands of dollars. He looked like he spent at the very least hundreds of dollars on, but most of the stuff that he bought, it was like a sweater from old Navy, but it was like a bright green sweater that was the right color for him. It was the right fit. And then he just put it all together and it was very, very low budget, but there was a style intent behind it. And that's what I thought, thought was very interesting. Um, on that note, as far as colors go, you mentioned black. Um, black is a staple of mine as well. What, what advice can you give on colors for uh, men. 
Well, most guys actually already know which colors they like and they love. They've probably had certain shirts, certain pieces. Look, go through, look through old pictures and identify, you know, for me, it was olive green. I just gravitated towards olive green. And you only need a few colors. Colors are like spices and you can bring them into relatively drab outfits and be able to really enhance it. So women, I think when they dress, you know, it's more of like, they don't want to wear the same thing twice. But again, men, we can have a uniform and you can just change up a few things here or there and boom, you've got a great looking look. So imagine, you know, this guy's wearing that sweater, but underneath that sweater, he's probably got a shirt and he probably has just regular dark colored jeans. That stays the same again and again. And that's the beauty of being men is that we really can keep this simple. You could have fun maybe with a few pairs of shoes. I wouldn't say bring in a whole bunch of crazy colors there because the problem with bringing in too much color to anything is it's memorable and you're not going to be able to wear it as many times. If you have a bright blue suit with mm -hmm. red with a red pattern in it, the thing is that may like look really good on you and great. You may get compliments all day, but if you wear it two days in a row, everyone notices you wear the same thing mm -hmm. twice. Uh, that's why I love just a solid classic, you know, pieces. And that would be my second point with when you're choosing colors, look at the classic pieces that should make up the base parts of your wardrobe. And that's going to be colors like gray. Why is gray such a great color? Cause it's a non-color and every color is going to go with it. it. White, another great color that, is a non-color and everything's going to work with white. Why are these great? If you imagine it, it's like painting on a canvas. When you start with a white canvas, you know, you're able to do a lot more versus if it's already a complicated canvas, you've got to try to figure out how you're going to work into it. Does that make sense? It totally does. Um, are you familiar with uh, quote unquote, getting your colors done to a, a seasonal color palette? I, I kind of stay away from that. I feel it's a little bit overcomplicated and it was more geared, I think, towards the women's market. Uh, for men, and it's funny, I was having this conversation with one. I mean, for me and guy, like I try to keep it really simple. I try to explain color in a way that, you know, if you really, of course, if you get into this, like they have entire people that get degrees in color. But I think for most men, you know, we know the base colors and if we can, if I can get them to just start bringing in a few colors, boom, it's a huge win. Totally. I, I love the simplicity of, you know, muted colors that uh, become a uniform that you can then very easily dress up or dress down with accessories or, or a coat or something, depending on the situation. That makes a ton of sense to me. But part of the reason why I brought up the color thing was, first of all, I got my colors done when I was in high school. My mother dragged me into the local department store and very reluctantly sat there for, I don't know, two hours or whatever while they had all these swatch colors in front of me. And, uh, and one of the things that I did take out of that was this idea of seasonal. And I don't want to overcomplicate it. I, I understand the, the intention of simplicity. But you mentioned the color white. And I also know that white is something that doesn't always look, it tends to flush out. You know, if, if you have a, a lighter skin tone, especially if you're very white, white on white is uh, you kind of get washed out on that. Um, so, you know, I didn't know you mentioned olive green for you, or I, I wonder if there's just, um, you know, I don't know, a different, different color swatches for different people based on seasons that it was helpful for me to think of that in that regard. I'm a, and I encourage a guy, if he's into color, to go explore. I, I've got a great free e I think we've got some ebooks on color. I know I've got tons of videos and articles on this. And I start talking about shades and tones, uh, talking about hues, getting into all the different, uh, you know, from what is it, the, uh, the, the pastels and getting into all that stuff. I, I think it's a lot of fun when you can bring in color. And you're right, there are some complexions that white 
you know, right next to is not going to work. I like white though, because I think when it comes, when it's contrasted and worn with a dark jacket, it gives, mm. you know, that contrast right there, a high contrast gives a very, you know, is great for more formal dressier looks, yes. which I think a lot of guys can pull off, especially when they're not looking to wear a necktie, uh, but going with a crisp, clean white shirt. that has got a nice collar on it with a dark jacket and you can just leave it open by two buttons, maybe throw in a pocket square with a lit. That's where you bring in your color. All of a sudden you've got something that, you look well put together. You could wear that with jeans and boots. I mean, that gave it like a Western look. But all of a sudden, it's like, this guy looks good. I had one time, I was in Austin, Texas, wearing this type of a look. And I had people coming up to me at a, uh, I was at an entrepreneur conference. And they thought I was like the venture capital investor there or something. <laughs> and, and that's not, I don't, I didn't mind that confusion. I'm like, right. you know, VCs have money apparently. And entrepreneurs love them. So, or at least until they they take their money and then they get their companies taken away. <laughs> but, you know, that's a whole nother story. But the, the point is, I, definitely, if you want to get into this, you can go deep. Now, there was something you talked about, which I had really quick written a, a note I wanted to cover, and that is money. Because so many guys are hearing this, and they're like, I don't have thousands of dollars. Like, yeah. how in the world am I going to be able to do this on a very limited budget? And like anything in life, it really comes down to, okay, if you don't have the money, then you're going to have to free up a bit more time. And that time should be spent on you getting a bet understanding more, which again, that's why I put out so many free videos. And I know sometimes I talk on and on in my videos. Well, just put me at 1.5 or two times speed. I hear I sound funny and I'll still get you that great content, but you want to invest in better understanding what, you know, what, what there is out there. Because the most expensive clothing you're going to own is the clothing you buy and you never wear. And that is, that's the sad part. So I would rather you have a better understanding before you even walk into the store, you've got a list of what you want to buy and you're looking for it on sale. I've got tons of videos out there how to save money with sales, but I will recommend thrift stores. I think that if you are really tight on funds, that's a great option to be able to go in there and find a suit that normally sells for 500 and it's selling for five because you know, it's older and it's used, but it's still in great condition. Oh, and it fits you well. Now you're going to spend a lot more time going through a thrift store. They're you know not going to have various sizes and various colors, but you'd be amazed what you can find. And what I like about thrift stores as well is they're free of fashion trends because you have stuff from the 1980s mixed with stuff from the 1990s mixed with stuff from 2010. Hmm. And you're able to look at it and say, oh, like I there are three different styles. All of them could fit me, but I'm going to go with this one because I just like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you like? What looks? Well, again, hopefully you've watched a few of my videos. I can talk about like on jackets, what to look for. Um, But you start to get, you start to be able to ask better questions whenever you learn more about something. And then because you're asking better questions, you're able to get better results. This is the same if you're out there going, imagine if you go out there and buy a car. Um, Most people, when they go to buy a car, they do a lot of research, right? They go test drive multiple times. They go out there and they, they look at all the different brands. They negotiate. But what's funny is when they go out there and they're dressing what I think to be one of the most important things in your life, you, you know, and you're putting this cover on you, you know, they don't, they don't spend the same type, you know, they don't spend the same amount of time or effort. Uh, people go off and they spend $200,000 on their education, going to college, going to all these universities. They build up all this debt, yet they you know, this person that you've built all this debt around that you've invested in, you know, you're the wrapper, you know, your, your suit of armor, you spend very little time or very little effort putting that together. And that's what I try to get guys to see is there. So many men I meet are three wheeled Ferraris. 
Can you imagine what would a three-wheeled Ferrari look like shooting down the road? <laughs> right. Sparks? Yeah, just sparks. I mean, because when you're, when you're on a rim, how fast do you think it's going to go? Not very. Not nah, 10 miles an hour, let's say. Yeah. But, but if you've got those other, you've got those three other wheels, you've got your, you've got the education because you got, you went to those fancy degrees. You've got the excitement. You love what you do. You've got the, uh, you got the education, you've got the excitement, you've got the experience. You've got 10 years experience in your industry. You've got three out of four tires. The fourth tire that you're missing is your external presentation. Mm -hmm. And if I can put that fourth tire on that Ferrari, guess what happens? It goes from 10 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour within seconds. Mm -hmm. Same amount of effort. And we get a 10x multiplier. And that's what I love about style. It's that force multiplier that when it's introduced into so the right guy at the right time, boom, all of a sudden he's blowing past speed limits. Yeah, I love that. How did you get into all this? I, you know, probably I, I saw enough three, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I remember being at business school and having a friend um, that went into an interview and he just looked, he did not look the part. He was one of the smartest. He was a friend of mine, Jing from, from uh, China and uh, went to the University of Texas with him and he was applying to work for Apple. And I remember looking at his shoes, they were so scuffed and beat up. And he was so excited about this interview that I know that he didn't get the job. And, that, and I felt I, I didn't have the heart to tell him. And things, seeing that again and again, coming out of, the, out of the Marines, it was something we cared about our uniforms, the way we presented ourselves. Mm-hmm. This just rubbed off on me. So when I got out, I got a custom suit because I couldn't find anything that fit me off the rack. And I'd, got a, uh, I'd gone through the Marine shop when I was in the Marines. Uh, and it's basically where they make a custom suit for you in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And so I had my first custom suit there. And I just, I, I wasn't happy with what I was getting off the rack. And I'm like, you know, I want something custom made. So my first company was actually a custom clothier. And with that custom clothier, I was creating all this content and trying to teach guys because I had them calling me, asking me questions. And uh, so I'm like, well, if I just create articles, if I just create videos, they'll stop calling me. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> they kept calling me more. And then eventually I had to shut down the clothier because I realized the clothing wasn't in the way I was going to have impact on the world. It was going to be actually sharing more of this information and the passion I have for helping these three-wheeled Ferraris throughout the world be able to find that extra tire so that they can, yeah, they can go out there and just do whatever they need to do. And style is just a tool that they're able to leverage to make more money and to get opportunity to come to them. Yeah. I just, oh man, I think that's so powerful that you've made that shift because so many people, especially in, even in the custom clothing uh, business, they're so focused on the product uh, to, to borrow from Simon Sinek that you mentioned earlier. They're so focused on the what that they do as opposed to the why that they do it. Why do you do what you do? What, what is it that you're so inspired about in helping with these men? You know, it's, um, I, I don't, I think I started off as a mercenary initially, you know, with the custom clothier, I thought I could make a lot of money and I could make it quickly. I saw Mark Cuban had bought a jet online. I'm like, you know, if you can buy a jet online, why wouldn't you buy custom clothing? So I got into it. I wanted to be my own boss. I'd also been fired from a job. But I think the more I started getting these emails from guys and then I started meeting them, I have a conference called Menfluential and me and my partner, Aaron Marino, we run this. He's he's bigger than me on YouTube and he's in a similar space. And I just realized that I loved seeing and hearing these stories and being able to go in and have a positive influence on this 
particular niche in this area. And it's amazing in the last decade how much this has grown. Uh, 15 years ago, I don't think men were dressing to the level they are now. And mm -hmm. so to be able to see that, get that straight up feedback from people, um, it's definitely has continued to motivate me. It's, you know, my ev the evolution or my message has evolved as we've gotten this and the, you know, the analogies, the stories we've been able to build this is we've gotten direct feedback from people. Uh, but what I, what I love is again, just maybe the same way I felt I was a skinny kid from a trailer park in West Texas. Hmm. And so when I put on my Marine Corps uniform, I was not that kid anymore. I was, I was a grown man who was, leading Marines. And I was very, you know, I was like, wow, I, I've arrived. And I think when a man puts on a suit and he looks at himself in the mirror or he puts, he's wearing clothing that, you know, women that, that wouldn't give him a second look or like, wow, giving, you know, he builds up the confidence to wear that hat and no other man's wearing a hat, but he's getting side glances from, from the ladies mm -hmm. or his wife's telling him, Hey, I, I'm going to go after, I'm going to have to knock her in the next week. I don't know why that other woman's checking out my husband. You know, he smiles because he knows he's still got it. That's what I love is when a guy can get back his mojo and it's something as simple as like, you know, as simple as clothing. You mentioned earlier about um, how, how the, the wrong pair of shoes or a shirt that doesn't fit entirely well uh, speaks to potentially the rest of that guy's life if he's missing that detail. And I think especially women are so cued in on those details. They notice those things. And uh, especially when you're, you're single or frankly, even if you are still married, like you said, um, a man that takes a little bit of extra effort to, to, to put that look together um, tends to uh, have his other shit in a, in a, you know, figured out in the rest of his life. Um, so I, you know, I think it's fascinating how women um, connect to that and they, they pick up on those things where most, you know, most guys are just like, whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm just, yeah, but you know, you ask most guys, you know, again, you're at a, you're at a sports bar and you know, there's a football game on and you know, there's someone in there maybe from another country and they're like, Oh, you know, I love baseball. Everyone at the table just rolls their eyes because this person doesn't get it. They're not, they, you know, hopefully we can introduce them, but they're just not aware and they're not. And, and I think men, we've got some great benefits. You know, just simply the way our eyes and our faces are shaped, we focus in on what's in front of us. That's mm -hmm. why we always get caught staring at the ladies because we just, we don't hide it. Like, we're like, boom, I want that. But there's a downside to that. And that's because we're so focused here, we forget about the peripheral vision and everything else that's going on around us. And just because we don't care about clothing and we don't, because we're not judged by our appearance as much as women are. Right. Uh, I've got three daughters and they already know a lot about fashion and stuff because they've been playing with Barbies. They've been playing with dolls their entire lives. And they start to pay attention to these details. My, my daughter is all about parties and she's, she's going to be a party planner. She's 10 and she's all about creating the ambiance. And she, she's the one that convinced our entire family we're going to Paris because that, <laughs> why is Why do people go to Paris? It's because they created the, they, they savor the food. They are all about everything is an experience in Paris. They savor life. And it's created because of that environment. My, my daughter tries to do that with parties. So getting back to why are men oblivious to, most men are oblivious to style because we're not judged by it. It's never been something that we've had to really think that much about. But all of a sudden we reach a point in life where we can't get past a certain point because your, your performance 
and how good you are at something will get you far, but it won't take you all the way to, there was a great, there was a great famous uh, French aviator. Um, he actually had well over 100, I think, in 50 kills in World War I. And you know what? I can't remember his name. And 99.99% hmm. of people can't either. Hmm. Because why? He was just as good as the Red Baron. We know the Red Baron, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone knows. I mean, Snoopy made him popular in the 1930s, 40s, 50s. And then the Red Baron has a pizza. I mean, there's a pizza company, you know, Red Baron Pizza. I mean, it's like, you know, Vaughn, it's something Vaughn, I don't remember. Do you remember the Red Baron's name? I don't, not Vaughn. at all. Yeah, we all know it's like a Vaughn something. Yeah, it's like, but the thing <laughs> is, we know this character. Now, why did he have success while this other French aviator, who was considered even better, did not? It was because he, he understood that success transcends just performance. And that's what's to me what style allows a guy to do is to, to be able to transcend to a higher level in the way that you could be an amazing musician, but I've got the scientific data that clearly shows if you don't dress the part, people who like they, it doesn't matter if you're playing the same thing. They, and again, this has been shown in a study. If you don't dress the part of the musician, then they don't think your music's as good. That's why when you look at Aerosmith, you look at the Rolling Stones, you look at the Beatles, all of them dressed. A certain way mm -hmm. and they controlled that image we think it's the music no no we are swayed so much by what we see and the visual the, the visualization of uh, of the look yeah. you heard of the, where's that movie that's out right now yesterday uh i want to go see it with the beatles but there's a great line where the woman who's uh, looking to bring him to la to play the, she's like is this the best you can look because she it, it's you know it's straight up you know you've got to have a look you've got to have an image that meets the audience's expectations. Otherwise, how much success you're gonna get out of life is limited by just how hard you work and the performance that you, that you put in daily. And when I can get a guy to understand that, that you can earn a lot more money, you can be a lot, you, you can get what you want out of life if you pay attention to these other things, which right now you're kind of oblivious to. So let's open up your eyes and, and help you reach those higher levels of success. God, that's so powerful, I hope. I hope people who are listening to this, the men that are needing to hear that message heard that because man, that is the cost of, of upgrading your look is not even close to the cost that you're missing out on by, by having a degraded look. I mean, it's such a incremental uh, up, up leveling, but the results can be exponential. Um, very powerful what you just shared. I love that. Um, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot for a second here, cause I'm kind of just curious on how you would define this. What would you, how would you define what makes a man? What makes a man, you know, I like Brett McKay over at the art of manliness. I think he does a great job with this in his, uh, man votionals, uh, book. And it, the opposite of man is not woman. The opposite of man is a child. And I think what, when you think of what makes a man, a man is all of a sudden he's able to take the things that he, you know, that embody a child. We, we, children are selfish. They only care about themselves. They don't think about it. They're inconsiderate. And when I think about what makes a man, you know, he's able to delay gratification because children can't. He's able to think of others before himself because, you know, a, a child doesn't. He's able to control his emotions. Not always. Today I had an incident, I had a dog barking, you know, it's like, and, and I was like kind of yelled at the dog. I wasn't able to control, but he's constantly thinking, how can I improve myself step by step? Um, you know, I, I love every day I, 
I'm not, I'm far from perfect. And I think any guy listening to this is far from perfect as well. But every day I try to be a bit better than I was that day before. And I'm always finding, you know, looking at ways that I can, how can I, you know, what's something I can do right now? Cause I can't change the past. So after I, I kind of uh, yelled at the dog, my wife saw this and my, it didn't kind of front of my kids. And I felt really bad about this. You know, I went in and I, I, I apologized to her. Um, I'm going to, you know, I actually, you know, when I go for home for lunch, I'm going to apologize to uh, my daughter, Ariana, that saw it as well. And, you know, just, you know, let them know that, you know, it's probably what I wasn't right in doing that. I, I sh- you know, should not have, you know, picked up the dog and threw out the, you know, threw out the, the back, uh, didn't hurt the dog at all. But, you know, it was like, it was, it was a little bit more of an emotional outburst. I think being able to, uh, you know, one of the strongest things we can do as men is to be open to when we're wrong and be able to admit that and, um, and to be able to forgive ourselves. You know, we're human. We have these outbursts and just think, okay, you know, what can I do to, uh, to improve? What can I do to prevent that from happening in, in the future? And, yeah. Uh, uh, I appreciate that. There's so many men that are listening to this that um, ultimately that's what they're wanting to get out of their style is to become the type of man that they know that they're capable of. And, and you're a huge catalyst to help them uh, fulfill that potential, which is awesome. Uh, I want to shift gears really quickly to sort of the business side of things, because you have just taken off. And I think at this point, you've got close to two and a half million subscribers on YouTube, um, a ton of content. Uh, you talked about the shift from becoming a custom clothier to really more of an, I guess, info marketer, info product producer. Um, is that the, the bulk of your business or do you- The bulk of our your- business is advertising. So that's where we've got the majority of our uh, revenue coming in. The other, we do have information products as well uh, that we're going to be ramping up more in uh, late uh, in the second half of 2019. I also have a few affiliate uh, deals and I own a couple other companies, uh, the media company being the one that, uh, that has really done well for me. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, a lot of people ask me, oh, you're a YouTuber. You know, I, they find out I'm a YouTuber uh, and they're like, oh, can you make money doing that? And I just smile. Yeah, you can. You know, um, anytime you've got, people that trust you and you don't, you're, you're, you're smart not to betray that trust, but you also realize, you know, these people have wants, they have needs, and they're more than happy if I can show them and recommend companies that I think are great options for them. Um, and, and I bought, I mean, you know, I, I, I love to support these companies. So it's, it's a win-win and that became a bigger revenue source for us. Uh, our information products, yes, we did sell courses. We, we still do. And you could go grab some of them, uh, but we're kind of revamping all of that. Um, yeah, th- those are pretty much our, our big primary revenue sources right now. One of the things that I saw when I was doing a little research was um, the concept of servant leadership. And uh, I wanted to just ask you what your take was on that and how that has affected your business. Uh, you know, I, the way we talked about it in the Marine Corps is always lead by example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the simpler ways to do that was simply to eat last. Um, officers always ate last. And I, I always liked that. And we, we did do that in the Marine Corps. It was taught to us at, at the basic school. And you always sit back and you take care of others. Um, you've heard probably how the lion in a business, you know, the owner of the business, he's able to take, the lion's able to take the lion's share because the lion is willing to die for the pride. And that's the way I try to approach my business is I try to take care of my people, uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, I do get a, a very nice reward because I own the company, but it's also something that 
I make sure that my people know, like I put them first, I'm training them. I, you know, whether is the customer always right? No, my, my employees are first and foremost, you know, the people I take care of. And then it's my, you know, my, my customers, but uh, yeah, you know, servant leadership, it was just something I grew up around uh, in my formative years uh, in the military. And I'm very fortunate to have had leaders uh, that, that that was their ethos and they did that by example. So they showed me, uh, I was just back in San Diego. And uh, at the time he was a Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Craparata. Now he's, uh, I think he's a three-star general. He's in charge of Marine, the first, he's got Camp Pendleton, which is like a hundred thousand Marines under him. So it was cool to see my old boss, like now being, you know, this three-star general. And there were multiple people throughout our battalion who have gone on to do amazing things because they were all servant leaders. Another one, uh, Jake Harriman, he started a company called Nuru, and they're all about spend, sending basically uh, fire teams, four people into villages, I think throughout Kenya, to bring fresh, clean water and improve hygiene standards. And they're out there just saving you know thousands and thousands of lives by getting people to wash their hands and be able to get water from sources that's not contaminated. And it's, I think through being able to be humble, that's another thing like I know Jake's doing in Africa. He didn't go over there and try to tell them what to do. He observed what they were already doing right. He made sure that they keep their teams incredibly small and they need to be really, you know, the people that they want to be listening to are their own. And he realized that and he, he goes in there, does a quick little bit of, of buildup and then gets out and lets them do their own thing. Hmm. Um, how long did you serve? Uh, for five years. Okay. What, what were some of the big lessons that you learned out of that? You talk, you've already shared a few of those. Um, what was your overall experience? What was your, like your overall experience in the military? Well, it, it was great. I, I had, I had a great time. Um, you know, people thank me for serving, but I'm always like, man, I had a great time. You don't need to thank me for anything. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, that was always my, I think I, I did have a uh, gunnery sergeant uh, during uh, OCS training. We would all, if I said, thank you, if you ever said thank you to him, he would just look at you and be like, you don't need to thank me. The government thanks me two times a month. You know, it was like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know that stuff always cracked me up. But, uh, but no, you know, I, you hear that quote, you become the average of the people you surround yourself with. And I think that that is true. I wouldn't necessarily limit it to five, but when you put yourself in a situation, all of a sudden you're, you're forced to level up. If that situation, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, they struggle with weight or with, with getting with, with, you know, being, being heavy, um, maybe with eating the wrong food, but look at the situation that you, that you put yourself in at your home, you surround yourself with just bad food in your house. So clear it out, you know, get rid of it. Um, you're not motivated to work out at the gym you're going to, you know, cause you're going by yourself. Well then join some, a group program. Cause I do think that when you put yourself in around these people who are doing what you want to be doing, you're, you're going to level up. And if you don't, you're going to drop out. And then you're going to learn a little bit more about yourself. And you're going to have to be honest. And when you consistently see you're dropping out of things like this, uh, maybe, maybe it's a deeper problem. I don't know. But uh, that's one thing I did take from, you know, putting myself in that situation. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to make the military career. But by putting myself in and around these amazing men and women, all of a sudden I was, I, I think it did elevate my expectation and it set me on the right path. Mm. You know, just as you were saying that, one of the things that came to me is when I oft I didn't serve in the military at all, but often when I say thank you for your service, I think really the underlying message in my mind when I'm saying that is thank you for um, 
volunteering, putting yourself into a organization that you really had no sense of where that outcome was going to take you. And just the potential that that uh, could put you on the front lines um, and, you know, put your life uh, online is something that I have deep respect for. Granted, everybody has, you know, different experiences or whatnot, but um, thank you for your service. Thank you for your willingness to put yourself out there. And if you had a hell of a time, then fantastic. Good for you. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I had a great time. Um, I do want to ask you before we go, um, what are some of the, are there any top sort of success stories that you think of with your clients or the, your customers, people that have come in and it's helped reshape uh, how they think about themselves, about their style? Um, is there anybody that comes to mind when you think of as far as success stories that you could share real quick? Yeah, I've got a guy actually that works with me now. He's helping me redevelop my products. And he went through my course back in, I think, 2012. His name's Ty Kuttner. And uh, Ty, you know, this guy grew up in New York City, urban, black, and he was a bus driver just hating his job. And his girlfriend had just cheated on him. And, and he's just like, you know, he was really down. And he somehow found my information about changing your look. And one of the things, I don't know, I don't know exactly what resonated with him, but he started dressing up as a bus driver. And people started asking him, man, you look good. What are you doing driving a bus? And mm. you know, after you hear that a hundred times, you question yourself. Mm. Why am I, what am I doing here? Just driving a bus. I could be doing so much more. And then he went on to, you know, become, he went, he ended up taking on numerous, he took a new job, a better job. And then he stepped up from there. And eventually within like two years, he's like the COO of, of, a, of, a, of a charity. And, you know, right there, I mean, it wasn't like anything big, making a whole lot of money, but all of a sudden, he's got a much different position. He's much happier in life. And here's a guy now that is so passionate about this that he came back and is helping me rebuild my program because he wants to be deeper involved in helping other men realize that transformation is possible. Wow. Wow. That's quite a transformation. Yeah. Um, man, that, yeah, that's something to think about. The story that you tell yourself versus the story that other people tell you about yourself and how that can change simply by upgrading your look a little bit. Um, Antonio, man, this has been phenomenal. I love the idea of transformation uh, and how you're helping men do that. Uh, I highly encourage anybody that's listening to this call to check out Antonio's stuff online. There is like just a wealth of content, but to your huge credit, what I love when I go to see all that content is it's very organized. Like I can get to what I want. Uh, and then oftentimes as I was looking through this stuff, there was so many things that I didn't know that I now know that I want. Um, you present the information in a very consumable package, which is, I, I, I've been in this space and I know how hard it is to to get the right message out and to get the right product out and organize it the right way. So I appreciate you doing that hard work and simplifying that whole process. Um, tell people again where they can go to find out more about you and, and all the content you have to share. Yeah, just type in Real Men Real Style, find my contact form if you ever want to reach out to me. But yeah, if you type in anything about men's style, you'll find us. Uh, how, to, how to roll your sleeves, how to tuck in your shirt, how to, uh, how to, how to develop your own personal uniform, how to build an interchangeable wardrobe. Yeah, we, we've got tons of content out there. Oh, you know what? I, I can't let you go without this one question because I know this is a big question with a lot of guys today. Beard. Beard management. What, yeah. what, what advice can you give us on that real quick? Well, I would say go check out Eric over at Beard Brand because he is the expert. He's a great friend and he's probably got a thousand videos on beards. But I would say, you know, nowadays they're much more acceptable. Simply take care of it. Make sure it's well-groomed. You, have you seen the movie Thor uh, or not? Or you seen Endgame? Yes. 
Yeah, you remember Thor's beard whenever they yes. found him? Yeah, don't go that way. You know, that uh, unless you're, you know, you're really going for the Norse god that's been in hiding for multiple years. Just <laughs> right. okay? Such a popular look these days. It, you know, I've seen it out there. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Antonio, thank you, man. This has been a pleasure. All right, man. Take care. Bye, Bye brother.